Guess who's back? Back again. Gerardo's back. Tell a friend. <laughs> Tell a friend. <laughs> As voted, the funniest guy in Sinner's Take is back. I know you all miss me. We only surveyed two people for that, for the record. Yeah, and they both said I was the funniest. So <laughs> It was his mom and his brother. So. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sinner's Take, another Catholic Guys podcast in which we are... Of which we are the worst, of, Gerardo. Of which we are. He says in every single time. Of which right, we he's are. He's Gerardo. I'm Eddie. And then over here we got... Francis Cabildo. Hey, Francis. Uh, who are you? Tell us a little bit something about yourself. Why are you qualified to be on our podcast? <laughs> More so, why are you not qualified to be on our podcast? I think anybody can come on to this podcast. <laughs> right? yeah, just pick off people from the street. Yep. Um, I'm qualified because I'm not qualified. Amen. God doesn't call the qualified. <laughs> yeah. Qualifies the calls. <laughs> That's in the Bible, everybody. John Read your scripture. God. <laughs> God through 16. Thanks in Genesis. <laughs> Genesis. Well, today we are actually talking about something that is, I, I think I say this every single time I say something that's close to my heart. Uh, I, just, I just feel passionately about so many things. Gerardo and Francis are both worship leaders in our area. They've traveled around singing songs these couple guys with some songs on their heart that they gotta <laughs> sing you know just troubadours troubadours <laughs> so yeah we wanted to talk about to uh, take a moment just to talk about praise and worship worship culture you know the goods the bads the uglies a lot of ugly <laughs> can be a lot of uglies first thoughts anybody um first thoughts on a worship culture uh i think across the board obviously mass is the highest form of worship and nothing beats mass but I think across the board in ministry setting, when it comes to youth ministry, young adult ministry, a lot of youth ministers and young adult ministers and just worship leaders in general are failing at leading people to authentic and you know, just true prayer. I think there's a lot of performancey, showy, non-genuine ways in which worship happens at anything, like a theology on tap, at a Bible study, <laughs> at events. And I think there's a those are that was redundant. Those no, are events. They are events. <laughs> uh, I, I think there's just a weird balance of what's the right way to worship and what's not the right way to worship. It's almost like a tension in a sense. Yeah, I think I think when you throw out that word worship, I think different people have different understandings of what that is, what it looks like, how to do it, even like. Should we be even be calling ourselves worship leaders? Yeah, I mean, that's that's that big the question, debate, right? Yeah, I, I I definitely when I was in college, it was just I always just called it praise and worship music, and I was like sprung on to me one time I called it that, and some like person who I didn't even know very well, as you know, Franciscan people can be a little bit overbearing, and they like just went off on me about how it shouldn't be called worship music because you know it's not the mass and they're not priests and it's praise music, so it's properly called praise, and I was like, dude. Like, <laughs> I don't even know you. I don't even know you that well. <laughs> um, do you have what? What are your guys' thoughts on that? Well, I think in in a liturgical sense, right? When we, when we say worship, like the worship leader for liturgy, especially the mass, is Jesus, right? But in in other contexts, when we say worship, especially we're not when we're talking to um, like non-Catholics, right? They they equate that with like singing songs and prayer, praise and worship. A lot of different ways to express that and so people get hung up I think on on that word like oh, you're not a worship leader and even today we were at mass at a mass and the the program it said on the back kind of giving credits to who was there it said worship 
reverend so-and-so deacon so-and-so mm -hmm. and then underneath it said music and then he had the, the, the choir director's name so i get that that you want to differentiate di differentiate like who's leading the worship in liturgy versus who's the minister of music in liturgy but at the same time there's bigger fish to fry like why are we is that really something that we need to argue about and yeah. like have 150 twitter thread like yeah responses to like no i'm not gonna waste my time what you can call me whatever you want yeah. i know what i'm trying to do and god knows what i'm trying to do and that's what i'm gonna do you can call me a musician or a worship leader or whatnot i don't really care just as long as as what i'm doing is helping people to to encounter and meet god you can call that worship you can call that praise whatever it is i don't really care yeah so i, mean, I think you know it is something that is crucial to the faith and i I was definitely slow coming around to, I never really grew up with the charismatic movement. I never really grew up with praise and worship at all. Like I would listen to the fish and like, that would just be, I actually had the wow worship CDs and like the wow, whatever they were called, like wow seven and would go to sleep, listening <laughs> yeah. to them. And it was, uh, it's not something that, but it definitely, it's not something that came naturally to me, but I think it's a necessary part of any faith life. And I think you know, actually the mass that, uh, Francis was talking about. We're actually sitting in his Francis and Gerardo's office right now. We just finished the convocation for um, the, all the Catholic schools in the Diocese of Orange, and it was great. But you know, Francis was leading worship at one point for just briefly, like not even for a long time, in the prayer with everybody in the in the gym. I think there's like what 1,200 people here or something. Just mm -hmm. about, yeah. Yeah, and you know, when, at one point he said, like, let's all stand up and, pr and pray this together. And you could like visibly see like people getting frustrated in the sense that they're like, oh my gosh, here we go. Got to stand up. And I, and I just feel like that's such a, a missed opportunity, especially, you know, these are all the teachers and staff members of Catholic schools in our diocese. If there's ever a place where it should be a safe environment for people to like pray, pray. and come together and, and like worship together, you know, a safe place for the Holy spirit to like do as he wills, like this has to be it. And, I, and it, it, sometimes it's just frustrating when I see people like, well, I don't, I don't want to come here to pray. Well, like, why do you work at a Catholic school then? Because this is like a, necess a necessary part of your relationship with God. And I think it can be so frustrating. You know, we've, we've kind of made faith and the practice of our faith just private, right? It's my private devotion. It doesn't need to be public. And, and that kind of translates into when we come together as a body, specifically for this convocation, I'm not gonna sing because i don't do that in public uh, my faith is my faith and i keep mm. it private that's so not the message <laughs> you know <laughs> and there's private devotion you you can go do that but we come together as a body we're, we're called to to encourage one another in 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 our prayer and when i see you pray and when i hear you singing and worshiping mm -hmm. that encourages my faith mm -hmm. but again we're so self-centered we're so focused on self that I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to mess. Why are we going to ask? Why are we stand? Why are we going to sing? Um, and it's an, an imposition, an imposition on how they pray. But also, like, some people, granted, never grew up and are experiencing prayer that way. And so it's uncomfortable. But I'm okay with that. I'm okay with people being uncomfortable. What I'm not okay with is when people are indifferent. Yeah, absolutely. And I honestly, I, sometimes I, in my prayer, I just envision, like we hear, we hear all the glory stories of Jesus when he's in, in scripture, 
and granted probably everyone he talked to but obviously he was probably rejected by many other people too and there's probably like a lot of just like awkward silences where he like would say something to somebody and they would just like stare at each other and he'd be like <laughs> crickets you're uncomfortable right now because you should be like and just that like feeling where you're like you're not uncomfortable in a situation but somebody else is and like I when he just was like envision Jesus when he was riding in the sand. Yeah, he's like, you guys probably every, uncomfortable. Everyone's uncomfortable. He's like, I know exactly what's happening right now. You yeah, have no yeah. idea. But yeah, it's it can be. And I think the environment of it is so yeah. important because I, I forget where I heard the quote. I came across it at one point. It said, uh, you know, where willpower fails, your environment succeeds. So if you are struggling to pray that day or and it goes with anything, too, like if you're, you know, look at the the way that military training goes you know if one person is falling behind like everybody suffers but they'll they will make sure to carry the person if they have to to when their willpower fails to make sure that they cross the finish line and that could be the same way with prayer you know if i'm sitting around a bunch of people who are zoned out at mass and then when i zone out at mass nothing i will never i it's very difficult to bring myself back from that but if i'm with other people there's three of us or five of us Mm -hmm. who are all there Gerardo zones out. I smack him in the back of the head. I mean, maybe not that exactly. <laughs> I, I zone today, out. But... I fall asleep or whatever. Someone else nudges me. And then even just feeding off the energy of other people yeah. is is so helpful. And I think that you need it. I mean, especially if you're working in the church or have any desire to forward the mission of God at all, we need to be the elite pr- people of prayer. Like we're like need to be on. And you can't reach high levels of relationship with God without praising him. I think that that's obvious. It's almost judgmental in a sense. I, I've I've been in part of situations, for example, if I were like to like to lift my hands today at, at the prayer that we just had, where no one really wanted to pray and no one was participating, they would just be like, "Oh, like who's this like guy? He's probably like not Catholic, you know, or like Protestant or whatnot." Or he's showboating. Or he's showboating and um, trying to flex in front of all the girls. I think we're really <laughs> trying to flex. I'm right here. My right hands here, are ladies. up. Right here. Up. Here I am. High and surrender. High and surrender. Um, but I, I feel as if it almost becomes a like, again the bad the debate is so like for it or not. There's like I feel like there's like no really a middle ground. Not a big middle ground in regards to like praise and worship and how you should pray and how do how do we pray together in community and for mass. This is supposed to be reserved for mass and this is supposed to be reserved for like praying with in groups and there's your private prayer and everyone really just i feel like judges like hardcore how you worship and what you feel like your worship and your prayer life should look like especially in in a public setting and it's it sucks (laughs) you know you know honestly it really does suck because when i pray i just want to think about like my prayer and i find myself too in public setting thinking about how other people are praying looking around and seeing what, what other people are doing but also wanting to worry about my prayer and how that looks like, you know? Yeah. I would like switching gears a little bit. I would like, we've talked a lot about why it's important. Like, no. like it is important to, to do this. Francis, I'd love to get your opinion. Just why, why is it important that we praise that we have this in our life? Well, also thinking about our worship culture. It's not that people don't worship. It's the, the question is who and what do they worship? And it's important for us to worship and orient our worship towards the one who deserves the worship. And what we can see in even families, not, not just even in the work that we do in ministry, just across the board in, in our nation and even just California or Southern California, what's the most important thing in people's lives? A majority, I, I would say, is not God. It's not faith. It's not, it's not even each other. It's, it's sports. 
we worship sports. I mean, we, people give up hours and hours of time for sport. Uh, people give up hours and hours of time to do work, you know, to work overtime, to get more money, or hours and hours of time to, to get straight A's. And those are all good things in, in themselves, but when they become the number one thing, and I, it becomes that's who we worship and what we worship. And worship, wor- oh, sorry, worship culture really is God's is saying like, hey, you know what? You're already worshiping something. What I want you to do is reorient that and make me your number one. Why is it important for us to worship properly, um, to worship God um, in such a way um, that we give him priority? It's because it's good for us. It's good for us because we forget about us. We forget about, like, you know, this, this self-centered, navel-gazing um, culture that we have. It's just me, me, me. How can I, what can I get out of this? How am I going to grow from this? Uh, this better be worth my time. But, but God is saying, like, your time is my time. I've given you this time. And so give me a little bit of that time back to thank me for, for what I've done for you. It's important, too, because it, it orients our life. It orders it the way God designed us. We're not designed, like what we heard today, just to do everything on our own. Mm-hmm. We're designed. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. We need to be tapping into that source of life, of breath, of energy, of wisdom and knowledge. You name it, God is the source of that. And we need to worship him um, so that we can be sustained by him. Now, so I guess my rebuttal, just trying to maybe even devil's advocate a little bit, like that makes sense that we, we, the necessity to worship, but why does it necessarily need to take that public form that you were talking about earlier? Why does it need, why is it important that we sing? Why is it important that, because a lot, for a lot of people, it makes them uncomfortable. And they, you might even get pushback from pretty, decent Catholics say like it's not really that important you know it's not necessary so why what what would you guys say to that like can can, why I mean even if it's not just private but you could say the mass is the public form of worship that we pray together uh why is this something that we should be doing because worship demands a sacrifice really the root of worship is sacrifice you know you read in the old testament God asked his people to worship him how did they do that? They offered sacrifice. It required something from the people. Um, it required something of them, um, their first fruits, an animal of, of sacrifice, right? Um, and it requires that for us to worship God. And not to, to do it in, in a public forum. It's like, why is it, why do we need to do that in a public forum? Like, you know, the word liturgy is the, a public work, right? A work of the people. God is the head. Jesus is the head, like, you know, he's the persona, or is it, the, when the priest celebrates Mass, right, in persona uh, Christi Capitus, the head, the head of the body. And who's the body? Well, we are. Um, so we, in a sense, have a role as the body to, to worship in that way. It's because that's how God asked us to worship. <laughs> that's how he asked us to do it. I see this in a lot of what God has revealed to us. You know, I learned about it back when I took like a class on sacraments and things like that. The idea that, you know, how do human beings get cleaned? They shower or bathe. Mm-hmm. And so what, what is our spiritual cleaning? Baptism. 
God knows, even if they didn't know it back in the early church, how important like mental health is and how important it is to actually talk something out with another person. God says, so I'm going to give you the sacrament of reconciliation, not because I want to be annoying and make you have to go talk to a priest, but because I know that it's better for mental health as a human being to talk to somebody about it. So I'm going to institute that as a sacrament. How do human beings best get to know each other? Over, over a meal. So how are you going to best get to know me as God? Through, and, and then anything, what brings community together? Large community events. You know, what, what makes you feel one with one another? You can't feel one with somebody if you're sitting by yourself. So God says, how am I going to demand that you worship from me? This. And again, it's not, it's not God like making this checklist of like, you need to do these things. But I think it, it is. It's God places these things in our life because he knows the human condition even better than we do. So all that being said, Francis, how long have you been working in, in you know, ministry, essentially? I've been in ministry since high school, like senior year in high school. That's when I kind of started getting to know the Lord and started um, doing this kind of work. Um, like I was 18, I think. So what? I mean, so, I'm so not a math major. Age redacted. It's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. um, so what, what has been successful for you? How do you, you know, we've talked about worship culture. How do you effectively try to instill that in, in a place? I think first you have to start with your own prayer life. Um, you can't give what you don't have, right? That's an old cliche, but it's so true. You can't give what you don't have. If you're not immersing yourself in prayer and in conversation with God and you don't have that relationship with him, how can you expect other people to get that? You know, teenagers, we can be teenagers for over 20-something years. They can spot a fake. They can spot a phony from a mile away. And if you're just up there singing songs, singing to them, or making it like a, sh a show, they'll spot that right away. Like within seconds, they'll spot it. It's just a waste of time for them, you know, because you're not really ministering, right? So you got to start with your own prayer. The second thing that I've... I've learned throughout the years just to meet them where they're at, but also you've got to lead them somewhere. So without prayer, you don't know what direction you're headed. So without the Holy Spirit, the guidance of the Holy Spirit, you don't have a direction where you're going. You're just going to be going around in circles. And I think young people want to be led to the Lord. I really do think that, and they just don't know how to do it. or they, ha they don't. Maybe they ha it hasn't been modeled for them. Or no one's leading them, um, showing them, hey, I found the Messiah. It's, he's over here. <laughs> Instead, a lot of people do like, hey, listen to my song. Buy my CD. Mm -hmm. Download my song. You know, it, it's not about that. It's about leading people. But again, you've got to come back to your own prayer life. How is the Holy Spirit guiding you? And especially if you're preparing something, or an event, or an XLT, or worship night, Bible study. Because God's already doing something. If you're not praying... How, how are you going to know what he's doing? All, all I want to do as a worship leader is like try to discover what God's doing already and, and get on that wave. And then I can lead people. Okay, God's doing this. And I think let's, let's go that way because that's where God's pointing all of us. We've, had, we've interviewed a, a couple. We've brought on several guests. And essentially, more or less, they all say a similar thing when posed with basically any question is it always comes down to your personal prayer life. And I know people listening to this podcast – and then any other thing when they probably get sick to the stomach. And this is like the new human reaction when we hear, like, you should pray about it. We all, you know, when we talked about it, we've talked about it before. Like, we're all looking for silver bullets when it comes to these kinds of things. Like, how can we just, how could, how could, how do I go into a place and all of a sudden instill a worship culture without having to put anything demand on myself? 
And the answer always comes back that, no, you need to put the demand on yourself and you need to pray. And I think that that we as humans in our pride tend to like be like, okay, you're saying the same thing that everybody else is saying. I need to hear something different when really out of humility, we should be saying like, okay, maybe I should actually listen to this, that like prayer, my own personal prayer life actually is the most important thing yeah. before taking any steps. Cause I mean, you, you're echoing it. I mean, we, this is what's been being said since the beginning of the church out of pride. Like I said, we try it. We, we tend to not want to listen to it, but, but also I think, a lot of young people, not just young people, the people, especially the younger, younger people that we work with, some people think they just need to be entertained. We've got to keep mm-hmm. them entertained. And, and, you know, we employ like different gimmicks to, to get them engaged, right? Now they're doing these hand motions or they're doing these things. It looks like they're engaged, but really, they're really not. I think what young people are looking for is Jesus. Mm-hmm. They want to encounter Jesus in a real, real way. Not this, you know, not to say that Jesus isn't in the, the fun and, and the, I want to say superficial, but the, you know, just the, the fun and atmosphere, dancing, clapping, all that stuff. You can find Jesus there in, the, in joy and, and the happy dance or whatever. Yeah. But we can't, we can't sell these teens short. Yeah. They're capable, they are capable of deep, deep prayer i know that gerardo you feel pretty passionate yeah. about this kind of stuff yeah. i know gerardo's gonna be patron saint of uh, cross claps one day <laughs> patron saint of cross claps um you know and I, i've made the mistake of i mean i met francis i think six years into being a worship leader already so i was leading worship when i was 17 18 and i met francis probably when i was like 24 you know around that time one thing that i've learned is that we really need to challenge our teens to go uh, deeper in faith, in prayer life. And I think we set this expectation. I know for me earlier on, like when I was a youth minister, I would set this expectation as, oh no, they're, this is like all they can give me. And this is all the spirit can do in this room. This is all that, this is the only prayer that they, this is the only song they'll sing. <laughs> like, you know, we, we set this expectation as pre-notion. And what happens is we really water down what the Holy Spirit is capable of and there have been countless times where I have led worship at a retreat or gone to places and we talk about like, okay, what's gonna happen? They're like, oh no, they're not ready for that yet. Our teens don't go that, that deep into prayer. So let's just do this for them. And it, it's, it's frustrating because we don't have confidence in what God can do in the lives of, and how God can move in the prayers of the teens that we serve. And it, bec- it becomes frustrating in a sense. Um, I love, and I know Francis uses this example all the time. Uh, as leading worship, we, we always get people who go to us and are like, oh, I want to be a worship leader. Like, what am I supposed to do? And I think Francis says, he's like, work on your prayer life. <laughs> like, <laughs> just pray, you know, live a life with the sacraments and just pray. I'll be the first to admit, um, personally for myself, like, I am not talented, <laughs> like that talented as like a worship leader, <laughs> as a musician. Um, I'm not. And I, I admit that to myself. And it's so funny to me how like God always continuously calls me into like settings. And I would like play at retreats or like play for, for these events and like lead worship. And I'd be like, dude, I suck. <laughs> like, I'm so bad. <laughs> but they keep bringing me back. People would keep bringing me back. And um, what I learned, you know, essentially, again, you, we taught we're in the warm up in the future we're going to talk about how francis is the master um, what i really learned from when francis I, when I left you i was but a learner yeah now i am the master uh, what i really have learned from francis is uh it's so important to reflect um the prayer that you give 
um, and the and like reflect what it means to have like a prayerful life and to live that. Um, there have been a lot of times where I have led worship and I have not been cap- like ready spiritually, not, not, regardless of talent, like it's <laughs> just not ready like spiritually to do it. And it's bombed and it's been horrible. And that's why I think interior prayer life is so important leading worship. When I go to churches and I play or I, I lead worship and I lead prayer, I could tell already of the culture. I say this like nicely. I could I could tell of, of the culture of the church I lead worship at by how the leaders pray right off the bat i don't look at the middle schoolers i don't look at the teens i i really just i just know right off the bat how how the how the prayer is going to go by how the leaders are praying and we'll, when we sing a song and they're in the back laughing and joking around and making fun of lyrics you'll see the people they lead doing that when you see them with their eyes closed you know really uh, just in posture of prayer or just like you can tell that they're like re- they really want to pray in this moment then it's, it doesn't fall far from the tree. The people they lead are doing that. So really just, uh, I, I think we, we water down the gospel when we, when we, for, we water down the gospel for ourselves. When we do that for ourselves, we water it down for the people who they lead. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really like passionate and frustrated about just kind of like how that plays out in from church to church and how it, it is different from church to church, but I think we really just water it down and we don't give them we, we say you're not capable of going to this extent so we're just gonna create a facade of entertainment for you so you can participate and i think it's one of those things where if you hold them down you know we do so much holding the youth back from encounter with god because and i'm not you know and people also kind of like to say you know raise the bar and they'll then they'll make it Sometimes, you know, some of them, some of them aren't there yet, but, you know, they'll never will get there if you continually water things down for them. You know, you raise that bar high and you push them to get there and um, there's no limit. Like, I think you said as a joke, you were like, is this the, all the Holy Spirit? Like, this is all I think the Holy Spirit can do in this room tonight. That is almost that's, just, that's an oxymoron right there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's no limit to what there is no limit to the things that God wants to do in our lives. And there's no limit to what he can do. The only limits are what we put on him, obviously. But I do think we do a great injustice by watering down because it 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 was it's in for a long time it was you know the theology of it and it still is even in the catech- catechesis of the you know confirmation programs and you know do CCD classes still exist I feel like I don't I've never even heard of one anymore but uh, whatever whatever's going on we're we're teaching the kids and we're just watering everything down but I think it and it hurts a lot when it comes to the the teachings of it, but I think it hurts even more when it comes to the prayer because, you know, the prayer life will sustain the, you can be the smartest Catholic in the world and fall away from the faith, but the prayer life, like that'll sustain a person indefinitely if they can get into a healthy groove with that. And I think we do, we can do a great insert injustice to people by thinking that we're above kids or whatever, you know, like we say, John was the greatest mystic of the church and he was called at what, 14 years old or whatever. Mm. There is there are no limits. We look at the amazing saints who died at 13, 14 years old. So what would be some of your guys' advice then for like how to how do you avoid this? What how do you avoid this trap of wanting to water things down for people who are younger and even people who are adults? I've been to like some young adult things where I feel like the level of prayer is just not there and they they feel like they have to you know put on the show or they feel even the message that they're giving. It just feels a little bit like 
what are we what are we accomplishing by having this message here mm-hmm. and so not even just teens but even young adults like how do we how do we avoid falling into that trap and francis I, uh, he can go into this but he always there was a just to model it i think like they need to be sh- some people just don't know like to model it and to say hey uh this is like a spirit is capable of moving in your life the same way it could be it's like moving in my life and i know francis you can go into more in detail about this like they just need to be shown and modeled i think you know, it's easier to do that, right, with, with young adults yeah. and teenagers and you're dealing with minors. Um, you have to be careful about certain things, about kind of bringing them into your life, right? There's definitely healthy boundaries uh, that we need to take or need to, to set so that we can protect ourselves and protect the young people that we work with. But what we've seen in uh, Gerardo in the last, mm. you know, few years of working together and ministering together, you invite people into your life somehow, even if it's just in moments of it. I'm going to say like move in in your house or anything, <laughs> right? But if you, you invite them into your family life somehow, I love hosting these things that we do called family dinners, just inviting whoever wants to come to get a glimpse of like build a life, you know, like my interaction with my, with my wife and my kids um, and how faith is, is lived in a real way. So if we start to kind of walk with people, mm-hmm. allowing them to, to see the glimpse that our, per- our life is not perfect, you know, our faith life isn't perfectly lived, I still need the sacrament of reconciliation as much as the next guy, they see that, oh my gosh, this is, this is something that I can do. I can live um, a, a, faith, a faithful life, and I can incorporate worship into not just when I'm singing songs, mm-hmm. but into my entire life. And so they get to see that. Also, I think we have to remember, I need this personally for me, I, I cannot forget the message of the gospel. I'm a sinner, and there's a Savior. And I need saving. And he did that. If I always remember that, and I, and I don't forget the message of the gospel, that's going to carry over into everything that I do as a worship leader, as a campus minister, as a husband, as a wife, as a friend as a colleague because I'm going to lead from a place of humility I'm going to lead from a place where I've been saved redeemed and that I'm striving for holiness Um, and people will see that and and that's attractive to a lot of people so don't forget the gospel you've got to you've got to remind yourself of the gospel and what that means to you personally and I think telling people about it inviting them into that life the life of christ that he wishes to you know share with us gerardo kind of touched on this earlier too is so it's so important i think you mentioned like the interior disposition of mm. worship yeah that like having if we go we can have a we can have a crowd full of kids jumping and clapping and things like that but like if you're not if you don't have that interior disposition of worship your your praise is vain yeah. it's it is all vanity is vanity and that what do you, do you have any thoughts on that yeah i i'm all for the fun like eddie knows this he, he gets really frustrated sometimes when i'm like yeah let's play wake <laughs> or like let's jump up and down and go crazy <laughs> just to get them going and started i'm all about the fun um See, and not, not me i'm in the yeah if i want a dark room <laughs> with, a, with a black projector that has white lyrics Preferably, even I want I want the worship band in the back. I don't yeah. want I don't want even want to look at them. I want I want them. 
Yeah. Anyway, but that's go that's, do penance. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my that's my old curmudgeon. Um, what I've learned, and it's this is something that I've just like learned through experience, is I can't control. I could help guide and I could um, steer like teens, young adults into the direction that like I want the worship to go. But I, I've learned that I just have to worry about like myself and like where where my prayers at. Not I mean that it's not saying that vainly, but like worry about where my heart's at, how how I'm praying. And where my prayer is at, not judge someone who's quiet in the back and saying, "Oh, he's not praying." This guy's like, "Lift up your hands!" Like you know, like I, I can't, I can't judge the countenance of, of his heart and where his heart at is his heart disposition with like God, but I know where mine is, and I know that if I'm focusing too much on that when I'm leading worship, then I'm not praying myself. So what what I've learned uh, really in 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 all that is just. Just pray, Gerardo. <laughs> like when you're up there, pick up that guitar. Just focus on God and just pray. Uh, and I, I've been in a, like a ton of settings where like that's been hard to do, but I, it's always a good reminder just to center myself and say, "Hey, like it's not me, God. It's you." And I'm gonna let you use me in whatever way you want. And sometimes that may not look like what I think it looks like, but to just focus on on, on me and 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 where what my prayer looks like and where where I'm at with my, with my heart in praying to God. Yeah, I think sometimes as worship leaders, we have an expectation of what the worship should look like and what they should be doing. Yeah. I think we have to surrender that um, mm-hmm. and and not lead in that position. Yeah. Um, and that's a dangerous place to be because, like you said, like, mm-hmm. hey, there's this one kid in the back is not singing a word, not a lyric, but then at the end of the con- you know, at the yeah. end of the night, you talk to him, he's like, hey, man, you w- weren't you into the songs? Like, no, I love the songs. Yeah, um, that happens a lot. Yeah. Like yeah. we, you, it's hard to judge how they're praying, you know. Um, they're just internalizing it. Like one way to to help cultivate this, you know, this culture, is to till the soil. Mm-hmm. I think we have to be skillful in how to do that, because we go in different places, different groups. Some groups are all in, all in from the first chord that you sing. I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't even need to be here. They know this <laughs> is Amazing Grace, you yeah. know. And there's groups that are just like, will not. Well, not budge, but what I think what God has is asking of us as worship leaders or ministers or music ministers or whatever you want to call it, is we're, we're called to create an environment or provide an opportunity mm-hmm. so that they can hear the gospel, that they can encounter Jesus. And but oftentimes the danger as a worship leader is like, yeah, I want that, but I want it to happen through me. <laughs> yeah. I so, have to, I'm the savior almost. Yeah, yeah. We have this complex like, Oh, this oh when we sing this song, when I sing this song, they're gonna they're gonna fall down on their knees and worship when Jesus I sing because oceans. of how I sang it. I'm sick of how I did it. But we have to surrender to that. That's dangerous because we set up ourselves as the savior. Just provide uh, an opportunity for them, an environment for, for whoever you're leading, it doesn't matter what age group, that they can encounter Jesus. Get out of the way and allow Jesus to work in you. And sometimes he's not even gonna use you. Sometimes the best time or the time that the students encounter Jesus is you when, when you weren't singing or playing guitar. When you're on pro presenter or something. <laughs> you, know? you know? And you're slide boy. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's – I think that's key. I think that we – and we talked a little bit about this long I, – I guess it was episode like two or something of the podcast with uh, the ministry numbers episode where we just talked about how – we have this idea of, you know, we can save everybody. And if we, you know, we are, 
responsible for everyone's salvation. But I think that's a great way to put it, Francis, to say that it's we are responsible for creating, giving them an opportunity. It doesn't it doesn't fall into you because we can get you get into that game and you just you can just do so much damage. Even you can sit there and tell everybody to raise their hands. You can sit everyone to tell everyone to cross clap or whatever it is that you want to do. And like, no, yeah, no cross clap, clap. never cross claps. And you can leave the night saying like everybody was raising their hand or I, there was four people who were crying or whatever it is. And uh, it's like almost, you know, you're, you keep your worship leader stats, your music minister stats on like a back of a baseball card, like averages 6.3 cries per cries per (laughs) cries. I'm like at seven right now. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you know, Francis's uh, 2018 season was be- was 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 a, a bit of a slump, but in 2019 it looks like he's we're gonna turn it around. Again. We're turning turn around. around. We're getting back into double digits for criers. Uh, I don't I don't care how, how we have to do it. <laughs> and I think that that like if that game is what what is there to win in that? Yeah, because I mean we're not after the externals. God's not asking for externals. God is asking or what we're after is is what's going on inside in the internal in the heart right in the mm-hmm. soul. And sometimes what's happening inside in, in inside of you is manifested in how you're praying outside. And I think that's the secret. Yeah. And, and sometimes some people are, aren't, they're not hand lifters. They just won't. This is not how they pray. We have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Really, one last thing before we're, we can start wrapping up. I just, I think like there's this almost negative side that people like to throw onto the this this culture um you know the charismatic culture if you want to call it that just the culture of praise in general about how it's just you're just manipulating people's emotions um i'm sure you guys have gotten that before Mm -hmm. what would you guys what would you guys say to that well we're human beings right (laughs) we have emotions we We have have emotions emotions. it's part of who we are i like to think about it i can't remember who i heard it from but i heard it somewhere like hey the word emotion there's a word there called motion the emotions in themselves aren't for themselves. They're to point us to uh, something greater, uh, a deeper truth. Just because I'm crying doesn't mean it's bad, right? That's because I'm, I'm laughing or I'm happy. That doesn't mean it's bad because in, in worship, you, you have to be stoic. You cannot <laughs> express emotion or we're, you're going after emotion. You're manipulating. I've seen that happen too, and that's dangerous, and that's, we shouldn't be doing that. But we can't be afraid of emotion. God placed those emotions in, in who we are and how he made us um, because they're to point us to something that's deeper inside of us, the deeper truth that's, that, that's happening internally, again, that what we said earlier. But you can't play that game. It's like I, I, if people are, are critical of, of people saying or worship leaders saying uh, you're, you're using emotion to, to create a response, I'm like, you know what? I'm just trying to lead them to Jesus. And if they encounter Jesus and they're crying, who am I to say you can't cry in front of Jesus? Yeah, and honestly, I just I don't know what leg these people stand on when they when they have this argument because <laughs> peg leg. Yeah, yeah, it's a peg leg that's yeah. very easily kicked over because the Holy Spirit clearly uses emotions. Yes. I mean, we said like we've talked, you know, at Pentecost is the classic example. They appeared drunk. Like that's some pretty emotional stuff they've got going on there. You know, Jesus specifically like made you know think of the calling of Peter. He's like. I know what's going to happen. I'm going to make this. This probably a super emotional moment where he's like excitement, awe, wonder, uh, and then sadness when he realizes that. It, but he's like, why don't you go? Uh, I've got he like you could tell like Jesus like planted a bunch of fists back there. And he's like with his God powers. And he's like, why don't you go uh, drop your net over there? You know, he didn't walk up and be like, hey, if you drop your net over there, I'll tell you what. There's going to be a bunch of fish there because I'm God. 
He's yeah. like, he, he was like, go do that. And he's like, what's going to happen? <laughs> and then the emotion of like, that, oh, that's what happened. It leads him to an encounter. And anybody who says that, like, you know, you shouldn't ha- you should be strictly stoic in your faith and it's not, anything to like create a mood or an atmosphere. It's like, well, then I mean, I'm not married. Francis, you're married. Gerardo, you're not married. But mm. um, <laughs> and it's the idea that like you can imagine your wife is like, OK, then why like like even like consummation of your marriage? Like, why do you why do you play music? Why do you light candles? Why do you like? Why is there anything involved at all? Why don't you just like, why don't you just get it done and like make babies? Because like you use the the emotions like you said draw you into something better. And I would love, I mean I've I've done that like thrown that back into people's faces like, like why do you buy your girlfriend flowers? Like that's just a that's just a, manipulating her emotions. You know, it's like I I don't understand. Uh, thoughts, thoughts on that. Um, I think uh, emotions are a good indicator. I say this to you. Eddie too like sometimes emotions are a good indicator on where you're like you are with God uh, I'm not the, I'm not a big crier when it comes to like I cry sometimes like maybe every now and then when reckless love is sung just kidding no, I, I, I cry sometimes you like you're coming after me <laughs> I cry sometimes in worship and, and whatnot but I the emotions I feel I, I feel those emotions for like a reason and sometimes when I when I catch myself like crying or I catch myself like with heavy heart I know that there's like something weighing me down and the emotion is like the first step to like addressing that man like why am i crying gosh because i'm struggling with this what do i do now i need to go to jesus you know and the next time i get rid of that whatever that was like that heavy burden and i'm not crying and i think like with with emotions they're a good indicator of helping you realize and understand like what's what you need to do and where you need to go Um, it's dangerous when you play off those emotions and say I cried last time. I didn't cry this time. So because of that, God's not close to me anymore, you know? And that's when it becomes like a dangerous, when you base your face off, faith off that. But I think we need to understand that, yeah, like these emotions that we feel are usually, they hit us and certain songs hit us and certain prayers and worships hit, hit us because they, they're igniting or opening something that we've, we're trying to keep you know, yeah. from God. And yeah. I, go ahead. Feelings and emotions, they come and go, right? You yeah. can't rely on them, but we can't be afraid of them, I think. Yeah. And, and it's something that God has given us. You can't be afraid of it, but you, call, you also can't put all your eggs in that basket um, because it's fickle. It changes discerned properly, prepared yeah. properly, and being honest with your own worship and how you're approaching God. I think we can safeguard against you know, manipulation of people's emotions in in worship settings or prayer settings and stuff like that because really after that if it's just emotions it's going to fade away it's going to be gone and the next time they're going to they're going to try to go after that emotion again like you're saying go back to that exact like moment and they don't get that moment and they're like oh i guess god's out of my life anymore." yeah so i think as a worship leader what to do with that when people get emotional is like okay well there's a truth behind something there's a truth behind this i want to point towards that truth because that truth doesn't change. They may feel happy or sad the next time, mm-hmm. but that truth that they encountered of who Jesus is and how God loves them unconditionally, they can stand on that, and that will never, ever change. I think that's the reality of it. You know, that's we can't fight the emo- – we can't deny the emotions, and we do ourselves an injustice. But, yeah, it does, it does need to go on beyond that. And whether or not you guys have, like, explicitly answered that, but you've been talking about it throughout this. The main thing you've talked about this entire time is – the importance of your own personal prayer life and then investing in the people's life, which is going to bring them beyond those emotional moments. But like, 
they obviously are a part of it. And I mean, because there's a lot of, you know, people always complain about like, oh, the songs are so repetitive or, you know, how come it seems that every time the song picks up, like everyone else's prayer, like they all throw their hands up in prayer. The drums and, come in. Yeah. Well, <laughs> to me, though, it's like the idea is all of that is I don't see, again, what leg that that argument stands on for a couple like the repetition, like talk it up with the rosary if you got a problem with repetition um right, well, further know. than that i mean the psalms the psalms uh it, like every prayer is like very repetitive and that's a good thing it gets us into a, a rhythm but the idea that like music the reason why we're attracted to music at its core i believe is because you know god is the god of order essentially and music is ordered and there's a reason why when something is off in music we can tell is because it's disordered mm -hmm. and the idea that like our body and our mind and our heart going into the rhythm of a song. And yes, when the song picks up, our prayer also picks up. But to me, that's a sign of Order. everything being ordered in the way that it is supposed to. Uh, I'm not saying that's going to happen for everybody, but to say that everyone's prayer is picking up at the same time as the song, your body's naturally wants to do that. You know, we want to build to that because that's the way God is. So I don't think that, again, I don't think that that's a fair comparison. And so, you know, as we're wrapping up here, we're getting a little bit long-winded. I, I really appreciate you guys both being here. You know, Gerardo, you're, you're on the podcast, but Francis <laughs> coming on as a guest. Um, and I I appreciate both you. Two of you are two of my favorite worship leaders, specifically because I know that you guys make it about an encounter with Christ. And, you know, I've heard plenty of worship leaders that like to make it about themselves or do try to manipulate emotions or whatever it mm -hmm. is or worry really about your, your music minister stat sheet. Uh, so I want to affirm you guys in both of what you guys are doing to keep up that kind of good work that you, you've helped me personally lead into uh, an encounter with Christ. For those of you guys who are listening, don't take like what they say lightly. Focus on your own prayer life, even if you aren't a music minister. But there's a reason why everyone is saying it's a There's a reason why it's a cliche. As Francis said, you can't give what you don't have. That's not a sign that everybody that that it's a cliche. It's actually a sign that it speaks true for everyone. Closing thoughts on either one of you? Really, one thing is like worship. Worship is just a response. Uh, it's a response to God. He always acted first. He's always the first to move. And we, as his people, as his followers, disciples, people that are seeking after his, his heart, trying to get a glimpse of his face and, and Jesus or whatnot, it's, it's just a response. And he's allowed us to respond to him through prayer. And that's a gift. That's a gift of the Holy Spirit to allow us to respond in return to how he's loved us first. And give the people you minister to the opportunities to respond and don't be so scared of, uh, I don't think they can go too deep or I don't think they can, they can get there. Um, I've been to like countless concerts where young people <laughs> have given themselves to a band or an idol. I, we, I've witnessed firsthand, like if you just, present them with challenge your leaders and present them with a challenge to say hey god god is here and jesus is here and you can encounter him great things can happen and amazing things can happen for your worship ministry and for your ministry um in general but that's up to your leaders and, and yourself to be able to take on that challenge of yeah. doing that and one one other thing that i was yeah. kind of talking to gerardo about couple, about this a couple weeks ago or numerous times actually is just love the people in front of you mm, yeah just love the people in front of you because we ask, we get, I get asked this question if I, after I do an event or something and somebody will come up and say, like, hey, how do, I, how do I do what you do? I'm like, you know, my first response is like, well, work on your prayer life. You gotta have 
awesome hair. You got <laughs> You got yeah, skinny jeans. Um, skinny jeans and tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> no, just work on your prayer life. And number two, love the people in front of you. Bloom where you're planted. You know, it's actually it's a good full circle ending point right there because I didn't know if it was you or if it was another one of your campuses because Gerardo used that exact same quote. He said, when I came to Santa Margarita, I was overwhelmed with how many people. And he, he said, oh, one of my coworkers yeah. said, it was focus Francis. on the person who's in front of you. And now here you are sitting right in front of us. So full circle yeah. there. I just want to say I, you guys are in front of me and I love you. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, we are three sinners. That's our take on things. Stop uh, the cross clap. Stop, stop yeah. if you take anything, anything for this. Stop by, by all means, we're not experts. It's just something. To, yeah. By all means, they're not experts. I am. We're uh, the worst. <laughs> which we are the worst. In which? Where do you even get in, in which? which from? I don't know. I don't know. Translation? Uh, the is, message? Is of which? It's of which? Of which we are the worst. Oh, my yeah. gosh. In which? In which? That doesn't even make sense. Sandwich. Sandwich. Yeah. Which, which? Welcome, which? welcome back. Which, which is in Target now? What the heck? Two, <laughs> if two witches watch two watches, which witch watches which watch? <laughs> from all of us that here is an Sinners, Eddie lyric yeah. from all of us here at Sinners Eddie lyric from all of us here at Sinners Take uh, you'll hear us in the next one see ya thanks for having me